What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 174. We'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Prometheus Unbound. Unbound. Which is absolutely a reference to the myth, but I'm not exactly sure. I guess it gets unbound at the end. Uh, Yeah, there's... It was pretty bound up for a while. Yeah. I mean, you know, there there was certainly some bondage going on there. Yes, there was. Hi, friends. We're an independent (laughs) podcast. (laughs) And if you'd like to hear us go on and on about... uh, stuff and things you can uh you can you can keep listening to our show and if you'd like what we do and you can support it we've got uh buy me a coffee type thing going on uh you can find that on our website that's the easiest way wtts.space space and you can click on the bottom right corner there's a little coffee cup thing that's kind of floating over there and you can buy us a coffee or three or five or whatever there's also memberships so you can do that on the monthly if you wish and also we have wish list items, which include a couple of uh, hardware upgrades uh, just to make uh, life a little easier for the production of the podcast itself. And also uh, the, uh, the, the, the ability for you to, to, to buy us pain and suffering. Um, if, uh, <laughs> if you all get together, speaking of bondage, uh, if you all get together um, and uh, put together like 150 bucks or something like that, then we will watch the next two episodes of uh Stargate Infinity, the non-canonical animated series that is uh, absolute trash in many respects. And every now and again, there's a little piece of something in that trash that's actually like recyclable. So therefore it has some value. But for the most part, it's just like a heap of like banana peels and such. So anyway, we'll keep plodding through that thing, but uh, only uh, only at a cost. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Wow. uh, Yeah. If anyone in your life wants to listen to excellent Stargate podcast content such as this, <laughs> you, you can recommend our show to anybody in your life that wants to listen to it. They can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts and iHeartRadio Podcasts and Amazon Podcasts and podcast aggregators and also on the website. There's a little player on the bottom left. Uh, but if they're on an aggregator, they can just search for Walking Through the Stargate and they'll be able to find us very easily. So, Zach. Yes, Brent. If a person wants to let us know that um, uh, that that they think that it's a little silly that we are uh, demanding that uh, that that money comes flowing in the door before we subject ourselves to more cruelty by watching that non-canonical animated series, um, and therefore they uh, would like to lodge a formal complaint against the uh, managers of this show, uh, such that uh, our behavior changes. How might they? Uh, how might they reach out and do that? Well, if you have a complaint about this podcast, you are welcome to send it to Walking Through the Stargate at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. It's just spelled exactly as it says. Yes, um, and and you can lodge your appropriate complaint at that point in time. Um, I will promise you that uh, that the the uh, proprietors of such establishment mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. will uh, take your considerations with all due. Uh, consideration. Yes. Yes. And probably continue on doing exactly what we're doing. Well, I mean, we will give it. I mean, it, we could change. We, of course we could, we, but we, it'll be given the consideration that it's due. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like we'll, we'll, we'll be like, yeah, we can definitely change. I promise we can change. I'll be better. I mean, we will change. I will be better. 
but maybe not in that specific area. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, if if you find that uh, the emails is just not the way you talk to people, that's fine. Uh-huh. You can go to Facebook and uh, join the Facebook page and the Facebook group. It's walking through the Stargate for both. And you can talk to us there. Well, you can talk to me and talk to other fans of the podcast. Yes. There. Uh, Brent does not like Facebook. Nope. Um, and, and so he has rejected that reality. I, um, I, I actually <clears throat> think um, I, I, I thought I had occasion to try to log in a couple of weeks ago. And remember how I used to have an account and then I got rid of that. And then yep. we started this podcast and you dragged me back into it. And rightly so. Like yeah. only... People with accounts can be administrators on the particular site. So I made another one. Yep. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I think I'm locked out of that account and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. um, uh, maybe I'll do whatever it takes to get. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's going fine. It's going, y'all yeah. are doing a great job. It's yeah, great. We're doing a great, you know. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, you can also go to our website, WTTS.space. Space. Uh, and. On our website, WTTS.space. Space! You can click in the upper right-hand corner. There's a little icon for Discord. It looks kind of like a video game controller with yeah. eyes. Yes. Um, and and you can click on that link, and that'll take you to the Discord channel for us. And that's where much, and pretty much most, almost all of, of our social media-ing happens there. Yeah. You can also lodge formal protests on <laughs> whatever it is that you need to do uh, on the discords. Yeah, uh, yeah And yeah. like every other place, it will be uh, taken with all due consideration. Yes, absolutely. Every piece of consideration is due. Yep. Um, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And of course, Brett talked about buying me a coffee. Yep. Um, and I'm drinking a very nice coffee right now. Oh, very mm. nice. Mm. By the way, um, my personal favorite um, brand of coffee, I guess, is called Death Wish. It's, it's a dark roast coffee with uh, apparently extra caffeine. I don't notice it. I, I don't notice it at all. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys talking about? I'm fine. I'm fine. What are you talking I'm about? Fine. Okay, I'm fine. Let's go to the next thing. Okay. What's next? What's next? What's next? <laughs> Oh, boy. I told you that um, I've basically stopped drinking coffee. Did I tell you that? Yeah, you did. And yeah. I still think you're kind of crazy, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I've switched to tea, um, and, I, and I'll totally have some coffee every now and again, for sure. But, uh, but yeah, now whenever I do have regular coffee, like, two things happen. One, uh, I think to myself that coffee is the single greatest drink in the world, because two... That's what, that's what, that's the power. That's the awesome power of caffeine. You're just like, whoa, everything is amazing. Why did I stop drinking? Oh, right. This is why. (laughs) (laughs) I I am trying to be cognizant of the amount of coffee I drink and limit myself to not too much in any given day. Yeah. Um, um, I uh, have something of a caffeine addiction. And, and yeah. if I went too long without caffeine, I would yeah, get you, very bad headaches. Yes. And, and and I know that that's not a good thing, dear listeners. Uh, and any nurses or doctors out there would probably tell me all of the, the pains and sufferings of, of that and such. And I understand <laughs> that. Um, and, and that's why I'm trying to limit. But uh, it also has... By, by, by buying bags of Death Wish. Yes, yes that makes exactly. sense. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I only have to have half as much coffee to get twice as much caffeine. 
Awesome. All right. Shall we, uh, hyped up on coffee or not, dig into Prometheus Unbound? Let's get into this. All right. So the director for this episode is Andy Makita. Uh-huh. This is his fourth directing credit this season out of seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did New Order Part 1 and Part 2, and then he also directed Sacrifices, a terrible, terrible episode. Yeah. Um, and uh, then he did this, and he's got the, a few more coming up. The teleplay for this episode is by Damien Kindler. Yeah, I noticed that. This is his third of six episodes this season. He did Icon early mm-hmm. in the season and Affinity. I can mm-hmm. almost not remember Icon. That's the one they go to this planet that's a little bit behind us in technology. And there's the, the Cold War that turns into a hot war between yes. the different parties. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. There, was, there was the religious fanatic and such. Yep. And yep. that. Um, I don't remember what we rated it off the top of my head, but I don't think we mm. hated it. I don't think we hated it, but I don't think we rated it well. But then there was Affinity, which was Affinity the, was pretty good. That's yeah, the, uh, the, the video the game Teal'c, vi- No, no, that, that was Avatar. Yeah. Affinity is oh. the Tilk lives at home. Uh, oh, wait a minute. But Kindler did, uh, Kindler did the, 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 the Teal'c, Teal'c, and, Teal'c and the video game thing. That's why we liked it so much. All right, let me, let me, maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I wrote the wrong thing. <laughs> uh, Sorry. <laughs> this, this is the height of podcasting. Right here. When, when I look up appropriate things. Okay. Yeah, that's so, okay. So you look it up and I'll talk about the weather. So yeah. um, it's, uh, it got cold again. It, it did, and uh, but a couple of days ago, it was nice and toasty warm. So we're just swinging all over the place. We're going hot to cold, oh. hot to cold. And So, uh, yes, you are correct. Hey! I, you know, so Avatar and Affinity are, like, right next to each other, episode six and seven. And I was trying to do this, and I, my, no, I just no sweat. skipped a line. Don't worry so. about it. I'm just proud of myself. I'm, 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 I'm growing, Zach. I'm getting I, better, like we said at the I, beginning. I'm the episode. Impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah. You, you, you are changing. You are turning I'm into changing. a Stargate butterfly. Uh, I was going to go with nerd. I was going to say Stargate <laughs> nerd. Uh, yeah. yeah. You anyway. say nerd, I say butterfly. It, it's the same. Potato, potato. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, so so yeah. with, with that, just take everything else I say with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> See, this what I really need to have is GPT. more coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, we have several guest actors. Yes. Uh, we, of course, say hello to Lieutenant General George S. Hammond, played by Yay! Don S. Davis. Yay, Huzzah! Don S. Davis. Yay. Um, we say hello again to a uh, friend of the podcast, Gary Jones, who plays Master Sergeant Walter slash Radar Harriman. Yay, Walter Radar Harriman! Uh, we have Eric Brecker returning as Colonel Reynolds from yep. SG-3. Yep. We say hello to Ellie Harvey, who plays Dr. Lindsay Novak. Yes. Um, so here is, I probably won't read all of this, but I'll just kind of sum it up. But this is from a not-so-mini-mini-bio by Alan Nafziger. <laughs> okay. Uh, she is a Canadian actress. She played Morticia in the new Adams family. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see here. And of course she played, uh, this character, uh, we'll see her again in Atlantis. I'll let you know that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I, I can sense where this, I can sense where the story is going right now. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Well, we'll have to talk about that a little bit. Um, she's the youngest of five children uh born to a u.s air force family so Mm -hmm. there you go they moved to uh canada she did some stuff there and she became a theater nerd 
Uh-huh. Uh, she's done comedy and improv and all sorts of fun things in uh, Vancouver and the yeah. like. Um, and she's been on various shows like X Files and Night Scream and The Sixth Day and and uh, all sorts of fun things. So yep. there you go. Um, One, I'll I'll interrupt. One thing I'm noticing is that she was doing. You skipped. It's fine. She was doing stuff in theater sports, Vancouver's improv thing. That's also the same thing that uh, Gary Jones do- did and does. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yep. Um, and actually, when I was listening to the commentary for this episode, they were mentioning that uh-huh. that uh, uh, Ellie and uh, Gary are, are friends, and they knew each other, and they kind of hung out during this filming. Awesome. Um, because they already knew each other from that. Yeah. Oh, and then that makes that scene with the sliding the glass of water over. Yeah. Yeah. They have a rapport. Good. Yeah. Um, okay. So her first IMDb credit came in 1991 in a TV miniseries called Broken Badges. Uh-huh. Uh, and she plays Christine in that. I know okay. nothing else about it, but there it is. Yep. Uh, we say hello to Dan Payne, who plays the Cull Warrior when it's yeah. not uh, Claudia Black. We'll talk about her right. in a minute. Okay. Uh, we have Christopher Pierce, who plays Bosworth. Um, he's one of the... Guys in the background, someone that says hello or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was in the episode Heroes, so he returns yep. as Bosworth there. Uh, we say hello to Morris Chetelaine, who plays Tanat. Yes. Uh, and here is uh, his own mini bio. Okay. A multi-award winning television and film producer, Morris Chetelaine, uh, or however his name is, is <laughs> best known for Van Helsing, uh, The Order... And Woo Assassins, and his extensive work on the Stargate television franchise, working both as an actor and puppeteer on several episodes. He is also known for work on Jim Henson's Turkey Hollow, Falling Skies, The Day the Earth Stood Still, and Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Mm-hmm. He, sorry, that's Aliens vs. Predator Requiem. Ah, okay. Uh, he has also directed and produced documentaries, most notably the feature documentary Beyond Gay, The Politics of Pride. Aha, uh-huh. okay. So there you go. Mm-hmm. And his first IMDb credit uh, in terms of acting was the TV movie Ebenezer. He mm-hmm. played Cloaked Phantom in 1998. I wonder if that's a Scrooge movie. Could be. Uh, probably with a cloaked phantom. And it I mean, it Ebenezer. lines up. Yeah. It lines up. Yep. Uh, we do have Jeff Redknapp, who plays Jup. That's mm-hmm. the other alien. Yep. Um, most of his career has actually been in the makeup department. Um, and as I was looking through his credits, a lot of them uh, seem to be like TV work that was uncredited. So he was working on the place, oh, and yeah. it didn't get credited officially in, in the credits and such, which is a uh-huh. kind of a bummer. Yeah. Uh, he did do a lot of work on both SG-1 and Atlantis. Um he does have a few acting credits and a few directing credits as well, but most mm-hmm. of it is in that that uh, stuff. Uh, he actually, we actually saw him in the Atlantis pilot Rising. He played the old Marshall Sumner uh, when when uh, you know after he'd been attacked by the Wraith. wraith uh, yeah. uh, do you know who Marshall Sumner was? He was the original Colonel who got killed. Oh yeah, 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 right? yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah, uh, yeah played yeah, by yeah. Terminator guy. Yes. Um, so when, when he got drained yeah. of life and such, yeah. it was actually Jeff Redknapp for that. Got it. Um, and he's been in other things as well, uh, in, in kind of the, the makeup and puppeting of Stargate stuff. Uh-huh. 
Uh, his first IMDb credit in terms of acting came in the TV series X-Files. In four episodes in 1997 and 1998, he played a puppeteer, or maybe the mm-hmm. puppeteer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know X-Files well enough. But those were all uncredited. Boo. Uh-huh. Um, and then we have, finally, uh, Ms. Claudia Black herself, mm-hmm. Vala Maldoran. Mm-hmm. And apparently my computer uh, auto-corrected Vala to Vals. <laughs> nope, not Vals. Nope. Um, here is a mini-bio by Peter Huss. Mm-hmm. Claudia Lee Black was born and raised in Sydney, Australia. Her parents, Jules and Judy Black, are both Australian medical academics doctors. Mm-hmm. She has lived in Australia, New Zealand, England, and the U.S. Throughout her career, Black has played in many Australian and New Zealand films and guested on such Australian series as Police Rescue and Water Rats. The American and New Zealand series Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, and mm-hmm. Xena, Warrior Princess, mm-hmm. and a leading role in the New Zealand soap opera City Life. Since then, she has mostly played in science fiction and fanta- fanta- fantasy series. She is probably best known for her role as Erin Soon in the Australian series Farscape and Vala Maldoran in uh, Stargate SG-1. Yeah, got it. Suffice it to say, I-, I suspect you kind of figured this out. We will see her again. Oh, yeah. No, uh, you named a cat after her. I you wouldn't have named a cat after a one-off, probably. That's true. Um, now, I will say at this point in time that the character of Ala Maldoran was just designed for this one-off episode, uh-huh. but they loved the chemistry that she and Jackson had on screen and that, you know, and, and they had to bring her back uh, for some more stuff in seasons yep. nine and ten stuff. So. Makes sense. There you go. Uh, her first IMDb credit came in 1992 in the TV series Home and Away. Uh, she plays Sandra in episode 1138 and 1139 in season mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there you go. I, that's probably a soap opera, but I don't know that for a fact. I, I don't know either, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so the original air date for this episode was January 28, 2005 in the U.S. Mm-hmm. In the UK, it was earlier December 21, uh, 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one on the charts at the late end of January 2005. Uh, in the US, they were still listening to Let Me Love You by Mario. Yeah. And uh, Kira featuring Petey Pablo was singing Goodies in the UK. Didn't, wasn't that, was that, a, is that a new song or was that the old song? It's Goodies. a different song, but, but she was, so like, I, that might have been in the U.S. at one point in time, but it was new in the U.S. U.K. at this point in time. I'll listen to it if I if if it's the same song, then I'm not going to put it back. Anyway, we're yeah. we're firmly in the zone. So you know, there was a little while there where I kind of lost track of like the number one songs, and then I kind of like suddenly like was able to sort of remember them again because. Mm-hmm. But now I it, this is the era in my life where I'm like like top forty radio is a complete drag. Give me it's you know. The December is picturesque has not been released yet. I don't think of in the in this timeline, but you know what I'm saying. It's like I I need something other than what's on the rate. So I have no idea what these songs are at uh, all. I, well, you know, you know this. This is pretty standard for me. I have no idea. I yeah. Nah, I was listening to the Shins. Yeah. Um, I was listening to show tunes. Yeah. Um. So in the box office this weekend, number one, we have Hide and Seek. Uh huh. Um, okay. 
And, you know, as you are seeking somebody who's hiding, you're like, are we there yet? And the person who's hiding nice. is like, nope. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and, and if you play for a lot of money, then it might yeah. be a million dollar baby if you find him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Terrible, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, meet the Fockers, because, you know, if you're looking for babies, mm-hmm. sorry. Coach oh! Carter! <laughs> nice. <laughs> Number five is Coach Carter. I'm going to stop. <laughs> oh, well oh, done. Well done. <sighs> that was good. I liked it. I, I, I'm, I'm very sorry, dear listeners. I, I haven't mean, had enough you? coffee. No, no, blame really. it on the coffee. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what was <laughs> what was happening at this point in time? That's a yeah. good, good question. Yeah. Um, well, uh, a little bit before this, I probably should have put this in last times, but you know, I noticed it this time on January twenty second. Donald Trump and Melania Naus or Naus, yeah. I'm not certain how she uh, got married. Uh, uh-huh. At the Sea Episcopal Church in Palm Beach, Florida. Yeah, he was okay. 58 at the time. She was 34. Yep. Yep. So okay. that's that. On January 23rd, uh, the American comedian and TV host Johnny Carson mm-hmm. uh, dies of respiratory failure arising yep. from emphysema at the age of 79. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the 26th of January, Condoleezza Rice is sworn in as the U.S. Secretary of State, being the first African-American woman to hold that post. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also on the 26th, we have a train crash in Glendale, California. Two trains derail, killing 11 and injuring mm. 200 people. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, Glendale is near Los Angeles, for those who don't know. And, you know, for those who know, you know, but it's still true. Yep. Okay, on January 29th, this is a day after uh, this episode aired in the U.S., the first direct commercial flights from the mainland China to Taiwan since 1949 arrive in Taipei. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, And then on January 30th, Denmark's Queen Margaret unveils a monument at North Atlantic Wharf uh, in Copenhagen to mm-hmm. the 95 people lost on the MS Hans Hedtoft. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I was curious as to what this was about. So the MS Hans Hedtoft was a Danish cargo passenger liner that struck an iceberg and sank in January of 1959 on her maiden voyage, no less. Oh, wow. Off the coast of Greenland is where that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only piece of the wreckage ever found was a life belt. Oh, wow. And interestingly, as of 2023, she remains the last ship sunk by an iceberg with casualties. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for some trivia for this episode? Yes. Yes, please. Okay. So this is the only episode in the entire series in which Christopher Judge does not appear. And it is the first of only a handful of episodes in which Amanda Tapping does not appear. Yeah. We don't have any Teal'c, and we don't have any Sam Carter in this episode. Yeah, they were, they were, they were too busy doing their thing last week. That's right. With, uh, with the Replica Carter. Yep. And, uh, and in fact, you know, this is my next point. This, you know, Dr. Jackson appears very briefly in Gemini, and 
basically the beginning of that episode, you remember, uh, he and Carter are talking, and then yep. he takes the elevator, and she goes off and does other things. Yep. Um, it's basically designed that, that when she does that, he goes and talks to O'Neill, and then that yep. gets picked up at the beginning of this episode here. Yep. Yep. So um, that's what that's going on there. Um, I didn't look closely at this. Uh, during the scene where Daniel and uh, meets those two criminal aliens, apparently yeah. they're carrying weapons that look kind of like Klingon disruptors. I, I wrote that oh. down, and then I didn't actually pay attention as I was watching the episode closely I mean, for that. I believe it. They were also really, really, really slow on the draw. Yep. Yeah, well, you know, they're they're not the most effective um, mercenary pirate traders. I mean, I guess you could say that Hans shot first. Hans did shot shoot first. Mm-hmm. Um, Hans. Hans. Hans Olo. Olo, yep. <laughs> oh, and, and, and just in case you were unclear, that is a reference to the <laughs> character Han Solo in Star Wars. Yes. Not <laughs> Hans Olo. No. It's completely different. A completely different character. Han. Yeah. Um, so in this or episode, that just depends on who's talking. Yes. Uh, Claudia Black's intro in this episode is very similar to her, her introduction in Farscape, in which you see this soldier wearing a black jumpsuit and a black helmet that's hiding her face and that she reveals it. And oh, my goodness, there she is. Uh-huh. Um, interestingly, in Russia... Uh, this episode aired before Gemini. Okay, I mean, that, that works. Yep. Um, and, Mostly. of course, the title of this episode uh, is derived from the plays by uh, Aeschylus uh, and then later Percy Bish Shelley. I mean, sort of. It's sorta. actually based off of the Greek um, uh, myth. There we go. There's the word I'm looking for. I'm looking for the word is myth. Right, right. But, but Aeschylus is the one who was... Theoretically, who wrote that myth? I mean, it, oh, it, oh, 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 right, right. Prometheus bound is yeah. a play. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, play poem. It's 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 hard to tell. Gotcha. Um, uh, Prometheus bound, and then of course Shelley writes Prometheus unbound. Yeah, which is both the same story of you know punishing the figure Prometheus. Yep. Because he gave fire to humanity and all yep. of that stuff. Yep. Uh, um, I'm was trying to figure out exactly like, like are they trying to say something with the title of this episode, Prometheus unbound uh, that has to do with the, the, this myth and such. And I, I can't, don't I think can't so. think, find anything. No. Right. I think it was just, it was just, it was just convenient. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, they have the ship Prometheus and, and they are releasing it yes. out to go find out what's going on. And then yeah. of course it gets broken and they have to come back. Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. Um, so it's mentioned in the episode that it would take about 20 minutes to go 50 light years, right? This is early right. on. Yeah. Um, now if that is their maximum speed, the Pegasus dwarf galaxy is roughly 3 million light years from earth. And that means that it would take roughly 1.2 million minutes or 833 days to travel that distance. At 20 minutes per 50 light years. All right. Okay. Maybe you can hear me cross my arms, but um, I got to tell you, internet nerds, I mean, for realsies, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Did you know it would take it would take way too long to get there? Friends, think about this. We're talking about inertia and, and, and 
types of drive that we just don't understand. Yes, we see the Prometheus and every other light, uh, faster than light traveling ship, like blip out, like as like, zoop, like you know, there they are. But it's not like a, it's not like a car. There's this constant change of acceleration, both forward and back. It's going to take about 20 minutes to go 50 light years because he's got to slow way down in order to not overshoot it. Duh. So it's going to take him about, I don't know, a day to get to the Pegasus galaxy because you're not going to go that one speed, but it's also probably going to take about four hours to slow down so they don't overshoot the thing. That's how you do it. That's how you write that little trivia point. Huh. Harumph. Okay. So, <laughs> to be fair, I threw that in there because I suspected... <laughs> And you would have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I sure did. A <laughs> uh, couple of other trivia points. Um, this episode was shot entirely second unit. Um, oh, okay. Uh, and originally, it was designed to be a second unit uh, episode to save on money. They were several million dollars over budget at this yeah. point in time for the season, and they needed to uh, make something simple and trim it up. Uh, so this was being filmed uh, pretty much at the same time as Gemini, yeah. uh, but they were all in different sets and all of that stuff. Uh, they tried to make this kind of a bubble episode where they were only using the standard sets that were they already had built and all of that stuff. Right. Um, and uh, Damien Kindler only had about five days to write this episode instead of the normal two weeks or so. Yeah. Because it was all happening very fast because they were trying to save some money and then they dumped a ton of money into the visual effects because yeah. they just liked what was happening here and they thought it was good and worthwhile. And I'm pretty sure they didn't save a whole lot of money on this episode. No, I don't think so. I mean, the amount of money that it cost to make the prosthetics for those two new aliens that we saw, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and apparently, um, you know, Kindler, when he wrote the script, he wrote all of these kind of visual effects and all this stuff kind of in there. But he turns it into Cooper and all the others, and he's pretty much certain. Yeah, I wrote this in there because I know you're going to take it out anyway. Yeah, right. And then Cooper they left it in. Uh, liked yeah. it and, and yes. kept it all in there. So um, also, Claudia Black had been um, doing um, the the voice work. Uh, what's it? A R something um, for for one of the Farscape movies uh, mm -hmm. where things are too loud. And so they have to redo the audio and then dub it in. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Or I, think I, I, do. I, I can't think. Anyway, she was doing that. She wasn't certain she was going to be able to make it to this for filming. Uh, but it did work out that she was able to. However, she had just flown from Australia to Vancouver <laughs> uh, and, and was incredibly jet lagged yeah. for this entire filming process. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like. On all of the days she was filming me, she was basically awake for like 20 hours or oh, more a gosh. day because she just was jet lagged and couldn't get herself around. Yeah. Um, but she had a blast filming this and just had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Um, it's it's so, evident. Yeah. Uh, this episode, uh, we call it Prometheus Unbound in English. Uh, the Italians also call it Prometheus Unbound, as mm -hmm. do the Hungarians. The Czech call it confined prometheus uh-huh the spanish call it attack on the prometheus yeah the french call it in distress mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the germans it's actually it's actually a woman they just call it vala oh all right okay all right okay so it's technically letting the cat out of the bag see what i did there but um ah! 
hot. But yes. uh, but not quite. And and of course, um, I named my cat after this character. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, and 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 it does fit. Uh, I mean, my cat's now pushing sixteen, and so she's a little bit. Uh, she's still very healthy, but she's not as energetic as she once was. And uh-huh. She isn't a. I mean, at the, at, at, when she was younger, she would love you, love you, love you, bite you. Yeah. Love you, love you, love you, love you. Claw your face off. Love, I love you. She's still got a little bit of that in her, but it's it, it's mellowed a bit. In would her. would could one uh, possibly venture to describe her as a fruitcake? Uh, there are times. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the synopsis? Yeah, let's dig into this. All thing. right. Here we go. Dr. Jackson and General O'Neill are arguing about whether or not Daniel can go on the upcoming mission to Atlantis as they walk toward O'Neill's office. Daniel desperately wants to go, but Jack refuses, stating that he needs Daniel right here. When they arrive at O'Neill's office, they are surprised to find Lieutenant General George S. Hammond in O'Neill's office chair. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. O'Neill quips about the general perhaps returning to the SGC. You know, do you want your chair back? Instead, Hammond decides that he, in fact, does want his chair back, and he will be taking it with him. O'Neill can requisition (laughs) another one. (laughs) Thanks. Anyway, back to the argument between our heroes. Hammond tells them that he's leading the mission to find out what happened to Atlantis, and he wants Dr. Jackson with him. For all the reasons that Dr. Jackson argued with O'Neill, and O'Neill said no, those are the same reasons that made General Hammond say yes also, he's taking Walter on the mission with him. Yep. Okay. On board That's good. the Pr- yeah, it is. On board the Prometheus, Daniel briefs the command crew on where they're going and what's going and all that stuff. He ends up meeting Dr. Lindsay Novak, who apparently turned down the opportunity to go on the first mission to Atlantis. And, you know, she's really smart, but she hiccups whenever she gets nervous really, really badly. Uh, as they are talking in the hallway at this point in time, an alarm goes off on the ship. And Daniel goes to the bridge where they are picking up a distress call. Oh, my. So they drop out of hyperspace and find a suspicious-looking Alkesh sitting apparently dead in the water. I mean, space. SG-3 is sent to investigate. However, the team is stunned, and a cold warrior transports over to the Prometheus. No. Systematically, the warrior stuns the entire crew and rings them over to the Alkesh. Now, Daniel does manage to avoid detection, which is, I guess, good. And once the whole crew has been dispatched, the Cole Warrior pilots the Prometheus away. Mm-hmm. Daniel makes his way to the armory and grabs a P90 with a Cole Warrior disruptor attached to it, which is pretty cool. That he is sneaks cool. up to the bridge and quickly fires at the warrior. <laughs> Unfortunately for Daniel, the warrior simply turns around and looks at our hero. He doesn't wince in pain. He doesn't fall over. He just... Looks at Daniel with that cold black look that those giant soldiers have. Yep. And then the warrior lifts his that gun and incapacitates Daniel. Yep. This isn't good. Meanwhile, the Prometheus's crew recovers from their stun damage and attempts to get the Alkesh running again. Suffice it to say, it has some issues. Back to the Prometheus. Daniel wakes up on the bridge, tied up in the command chair. Daniel attempts to make small talk. In response, the warrior tells Daniel that he is quite handsome. Uh-oh. Yep. This is more than a little disturbing, but there's not much Daniel can do about it. And as the warrior approaches, it begins to remove its helmet. Oh no, Daniel closes his eyes knowing he doesn't want to see what's inside the suit. 
And nope. with a toss of her long black locks, Vala Maldoran smiles impishly at Daniel. <laughs> and and diminishes in stature by about a foot. And a half. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shh. <laughs> You're not supposed to notice that. I, I <laughs> look, I'm not 15 anymore. <laughs> All right. So she attempts to extract the Prometheus command codes from Daniel, but he resists. It's not hard to resist when you simply don't know them. And so the banter between them begins. She shoots him. She heals him. He escapes. She gets the ship to jump into hyperdrive, locking out anyone because she finds the new command codes and she changes them. And the ship is now going in her direction. They fight. They wrestle. They make innuendo. Well, Vala mostly does that. They're feisty. She's a fruitcake. He gets his jewels (laughs) smashed. But eventually Vala wakes up in the brig while Daniel tries to figure out how to get back control of the ship. Through the comms, Daniel talks with his prisoner, trying unsuccessfully to wrest the new command codes from her. She tells him of her need to save her people enslaved by the Gua'uld. Blah, blah, blah. She needs the <laughs> ship. Blah, blah, blah. It's big enough to carry all the refugees, and obviously because size really does matter. Yep. Daniel isn't buying any of this. Eventually, the ship drops out of hyperspace and lands on a planet. Daniel goes out to meet a couple of aliens, and he dons the Cull Warrior armor as protection, and he hopes it'll make him look more menacing than he really is. Anyway, surprising no one, there aren't any refugees on the planet. Mm -hmm. These aliens were planning to buy Vala's ship, a.k.a. the Prometheus, for refined weapons-grade Nequita. Daniel tries to explain that this has all been a big misunderstanding, that he's not going to sell the ship when all of a sudden a pair of death gliders begin strafing the ship, shooting first and declining to ask questions. <laughs> Daniel zets his two guests, turns tail, and runs into the ship. Daniel is forced to allow Vala out of her cell so that she can fly the ship. They lift off and attempt to go to hyperspace, but the hull is taking too much damage. They raise the shield and activate the automatic weaponry, but the shields soon fail and... When more, more gliders arrive and some Alkesh move in and start shooting, they have no shields left. They're out of weapons. They're trapped with no options. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Meanwhile, General Hammond and his crew have to repair the derelict Alkesh. They need a couple of crystals that have been damaged. Unfortunately, they don't have replacements on their ship. But fortunately, there is another broken ship nearby floating dead. Unfortunately, there's no appreciable amount of air in that ship maybe enough for one person for a couple of minutes. And so Hammond, because he's Hammond, decides that he'll get the crystals. With the help of Novak guiding him through the ship, he gets to the crystals, and he he, he gets back to the room, but he falls unconscious just before we're getting to the rings, but he does manage to slide the needed crystals onto the ring platform. Concerned about their general, Colonel Reynolds rings over to rescue him. Fortunately, everyone is fine, and the recovered crystals... With the recovered crystals, Novak can now repair the ship. Woohoo! With the ship repaired, they can now pursue the thief that stole their ship. Okay, back to the main plot. Their shields are gone, and they've run out of weapons. There are enemy ships bearing down on them. What are they going to do? What are you going to do? Suddenly, one of the Alkesh fires and destroys a different Alkesh. What's going on? The Alkesh does some fancy flying and fun firing and scares off the attackers, at least for the moment. It's... General Hammond and his crew to the rescue! Hooray! 
Daniel persuades Vala to unlock the transportation rings, and the crew rings aboard. Vala asks Daniel what he intends to do with her, and he admits that he's not so sure. However, as she begins to make some conciliatory remarks, he shoots her with a zat gun again. Yep. Now, with the Prometheus' crew back on board, they assess the damage. Unfortunately, the ship has taken too much damage to continue their trek to Atlantis, so they have to return home. As they prepare for the return flight, the alarms go off. Vala has escaped. She rings over to the salvaged Alkesh. She sends the skeleton crew back to the Prometheus and flies off into hyperspace. And all Daniel can say is, she's good. The end. The end. And so, my dear friend Brent. Yeah. Prometheus Unbound. The introduction Mm -hmm. of my cat's namesake, Vala Malderan. Mm -hmm. What did you think? I... Uh, yep, I could feel the entire weight of the internet just now. I don't know what to think. <laughs> so, um, I, I, when when Vala first shows up, first I knew from the trailer that we were going to be seeing Vala. Second, I knew that Vala is a beloved character by both you and Julie. Um, you know, so I I, I knew that this was a you know major major character moment character major character reveal and i was taken ab- so um before i get going too much friends I- i'm probably going to be talking about like sexuality and comedy uh quite a bit um and so if that's a little that, if that's a little uh much for you feel free to skip um i don't know how many minutes but you know go go ahead in time a good amount um when she was first revealed like her the character sexuality was just on 11. Like um, it was, it was so high that it was a distraction because I'm not used to seeing that in Stargate. I don't mind at all. Believe you me, as we were just joking earlier on with the movies, I like a good joke that deals with sexuality. No doubt about it. Um, And in no way do I have any personal problems with, characters that revel in that zone that's um sorry siri just decided to respond back to me um (laughs) uh like in no way am i saying like i have a problem with that concept i don't not in the least it just i wasn't expecting it so in the same way that there was what appeared to be sex comedy jokes inside um affinity where I don't have a problem with it. It's just I wasn't expecting that out of Stargate. Stargate was it has not been that show for me. Um, having a character that was just cranking it that hard, ha ha ha. Um, like, ah, like it's I it's see not what you did there. Yeah, it's not something that I'm used to within Stargate, and so as a result, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, oh, okay, we're making these jokes. Wow, okay, we're making these references. Whoa, we're making these advances. Um. And so as a result, I just kept, I was just on my back foot the whole time with this character um, and not necessarily in a good way. It was just like a, you know, he's off the gas there a little bit. Like we don't necessarily like you can, you can clearly communicate that she is an adventuresome, commanding, confident, independent individual with a complete, uh, uh, you know, at least on screen with a complete um, mastery over herself and her actions and her decisions uh, you know, like, you know, she's and and then, yeah, as the story progresses, she's revealed to be, uh, you know, a a a Han Solo, bringing it back type scoundrel uh, in that way that we love our movie and television scoundrels. 
Um, you know, all that's good. And then, like, she had the charisma. So, uh, actor's name again? I can't remember. Claudia uh, Black. Claudia Black's charisma on screen was just magnificent. Um, and how she and uh, Michael Shanks. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how she and Michael Shanks were playing off of each other was great. I mean, like, I completely understand the concept of, or the, the observation of that their on-screen chemistry on-screen chemistry was just amazing because it was mm-hmm. uh it, it by the time i got to maybe the two-thirds mark of the episode first the um either i got used to the innuendo or the, I mean, it wasn't even innuendo <laughs> innuendo is subtle <laughs> this was not subtle i guess i was just kind of used to the banter that's better um by that point that it wasn't quite as like um a bucket of cold water to the face. Uh, but it also seemed like it kind of cooled down a little bit just in general. Um, and especially with that one shot of Jackson letting Vala out of the holding cell, the doors open and there's Vala standing there with that huge grin on her face. <laughs> I love that. Was, that was, I, that was great. So um, pause just a moment for that. Um, that was filmed. Like, I can't remember exactly what happened, but there was something that just made everybody giggle and laugh hysterically yeah. before that. And, and Claudia could not get um, out of that giggle yeah. uh, quite well. You know, so, I mean, it was appropriate for the moment. Yes. But, but the, the, the huge grin was because she and, and the cast and the crew was just, just having a moment there. Yes. There yes. I, it 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 very much struck me as non-scripted, um, but it still, of course, worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it it was it was awesome. It was a it was a lovely uh, little moment of television right there. I loved it a lot. Uh, and yeah, so um, then it ends and she escapes, and that's you know just very much par for the course. And I can definitely see how they wrote her as a one-off, right? Her her mm-hmm. exit was the kind of exit that you get for a character that's like, okay, and off they go. Um, you know, we had we had a moment, we had an encounter, and now they're gone. And that's just fine. Uh, I know that we will be seeing more of Ala because of the meta around it. I don't know where or how or what, but I, I believe it, that it's going to be happening. Um, and then this is me talking now for I don't know how long, five minutes, ten minutes, um, just about Vala. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even gotten into the episode. Not really. Like this episode was pretty, pretty fun. Um, right. Like the notion that we're going to go see the Atlantis people, which is great. Um, I'm excited for that. Like, I don't think that this is the last attempt that we're going to be making this season at this. Um, that's, that's great. Uh, to bring those two shows back together again, I think would be a breath of fresh air for both. I think, um, uh, I, I, suspect because unfortunately there's just too much meta knowledge kind of floating around there and Zach you can't confirm or deny any of this stuff but like I remember that well no maybe I'm misremembering do you remember a couple of years ago or a few years ago when um when Daniel Jackson first died and <laughs> and he or maybe second died um and uh well, he died and left the show yes Jonas Quinn came on yes okay and how I was I, I 
I was stammering, kind of going back and forth, like, wait a minute, but I thought I saw stuff with him in it, but maybe I didn't, and maybe I'm misremembering. I'm doing that thing again, where, like, uh, I do remember that there are changes to faces, but I don't remember which faces and in which order and at what points. And I know you know, and I know everybody mm-hmm. else knows, but I don't know. I can't remember. But, um, I don't know, is the set big enough for both Jackson and McKay, right? Like, like the concept of Daniel Jackson jumping shows, because you will know way more about the actual timeline than I will know, um, because uh, I'm just vaguely remembering this. Like, season eight, it was of Stargate SG-1, it still was a, like, this is it, and then we're going to do a movie, right? Like, they didn't have season nine on the books yet. Um, hmm. I probably I can't remember for sure. Right. At least from the conversations that you and I have had, it just seems like they're always like from here until the actual end of the show. They're like, yep, this is it. And then maybe about a couple of months before the season actually ends, they're like, oh, actually, just kidding. We're going to we're going to we're going to pick you up for another season. Um, And so the concept of having Daniel move over to Atlantis would make a lot of sense to me because he's a he's a beloved fan, beloved character. Mm-hmm. And so kind of creating this opportunity for that to happen seems like a great opportunity for that to happen. Um, I don't know if that's something that they're going to be doing or what. And like I said, is the set big enough for both McKay and Jackson at the same time? I'm not sure. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, won't, yeah. I won't confirm or deny any of that. No, no, of course you can't, um, which is good. That's fine. But yeah. uh, I'm excited for it. It was, oh boy, and and um, Novak, I'm kind of going right off the top of the other like big new character that we got. Novak, um, I, I thought that the hiccup gag was a little much, like it, it was fine, mostly. I did like the sliding the glass of water over that, mm-hmm. that Radar did, um, you know, and then knowing that Gary Jones and what's her uh, name? Ellie Ellie Harvey something. or something like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm knowing I'm that they had a, they had uh, uh, experience. Harvey. Harvey. Nice. Uh, working together in improv that now that interaction that just is more fun to me, I guess. Um, so I think you mentioned that we'll be seeing more of her, I think, but it maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see her again um, without explain too much in in future episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you actually said Atlantis, which again makes sense because we 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 are on the way to visiting Atlantis with the Prometheus. We haven't done it yet, but it is clearly being telegraphed that this is what we're trying to do, and so at some point we will succeed in doing it. I'm confident of that. Um I thought I thought her character was fun overall except for the hiccup thing. Oh boy, I hope the hiccup thing doesn't turn into a thing, like a thing a thing. Like every time that there's a scary thing, the hiccups start. Oh, well, whatever. So I, I to to allay your fears there. Uh, while I cannot be a hundred percent certain because it's been a while since I've watched many of those episodes. Yeah, I am fairly certain that the hiccup gag uh, has come to its end in this episode. Good. Whew. Okay. Um, but that, I liked your character. Would, that would get annoying. If oh, sure would. And ever. Sure would. Um. For the same reason they got rid of Daniel Jackson's allergies. Oh yeah, they did. That's right. Well, you go through the gate enough times, like things, things, things get written, rewritten into a better, better situation. That's why yeah. he got you know so much more buff. You know, you get That's through right. the gate enough times, like you just you know, um, <laughs> which means I need to find myself a gate, Zach. It's what I. That's what that means. <laughs> Is that why I need a Stargate? 
<laughs> yep, specifically. I got to make a basement Stargate, just like that one episode. There you um, go. Yeah, so that was fun. And then, yeah, so the, so overall, I mean, I did I did enjoy this one, but but boy, that first half of Vala's introduction, I, I just kind of had to it, take a minute and and be like, wow, okay, they, like, again, no no personal problems with going in that direction, but I, ooh, I, it just took a minute. And then once I was there, it was fine, but uh, it, it, it took a minute. So it was a bit of a bit of a shift. Yeah. So what about you? What do you think about this episode? So overall, I like this episode. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I do remember that when I first watched this episode, um, that some of these kind of shocking, it's like, whoa, I mean, cause it, it, it 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 is a different direction, right? Um, it, oh yeah. It uh, it it uh, well, not I mean the whole thing really. I mean not just not just um uh Vala's sexuality, right? Um, and and such and and her her playfulness around that. Um, but also the fact that you we've got these brand new aliens that are yeah traitors they're selling weapons grade nequita yeah and a lot uh, of it a lot of it you know i mean that's that that definitely broadens the scope of what's happening in the galaxy yes um uh which is new uh and i do remember that it felt it was like whoa okay so this is what's happening yep um uh this particular watch um I knew what I was getting myself into, so I could just go for the the romp, you mm-hmm. know, the the ride, mm-hmm. and just just kind of let it let it happen and 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 run with it. Uh, so I I appreciate the episode. One thing I uh, I, I hated, yes, I hated it. Um, the the whole uh, homophobic. I can't give him mouth to mouth because. Oh, I forgot about yeah. Oh, I I I hated that moment. Yeah. Um. They were playing it up for a, a laugh, and I don't know. I don't remember what was going on in 2005 at the beginning to know if I would have thought that was funny then. Yeah. Uh, I, I certainly don't now. Um, it's just... Because if it's not homophobic, like, then it's ageist, right? Like, either way, it's like, well, you know, George Hammond isn't an attractive face to smack your mouth onto, so haha, but, let's have some but fun But here's the thing. It's like, like these are professionals, these are people oh, who yeah. go out into the world and deal with life and death things. Yeah. Right? And mouth to mouth isn't about macking on somebody. It's about saving their <laughs> blinking life. No kidding. <laughs> right? If, if you're trying yeah. to get tongue, yeah. there's problems. <laughs> Right, you've got your head in the wrong game, my friend. Right, and and, <laughs> and these guys are professionals. Yeah, they they would know that they would like. Okay, if I don't do this, this man dies. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. And 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 when when you're in that place, when you have to do mouth to mouth, that's where we're at. Yep. <sighs> also, haven't they figured out decided that mouth to mouth isn't necessary? Just the compressions is really what matters. Yeah, but this was that. Yeah, that was recent, and I don't remember exactly when that happened. Um, and Past and I'll, I, I will, I, I will accept that that mouth to mouth was part of the process in two thousand five. Yep. Um. So still, it's just I hated that part. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it 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 felt a little bit stretching credulity when Hammond insists on going to the alien ship himself. 
Yes. But, you know, he's the, the main character that's coming back for a guest appearance, and so you give him things to do, fine. I get it, you know, I mean, um, but, uh, um, you know, and the fact that he, you know, did run out of air, and that all makes sense, it's plausible, blah, 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 you know, that, I, I like that, that was fine. Um, but when he comes back and he's not breathing, maybe he needs milk. <laughs> Just, like, if he does, do it, period, yeah. end of story. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's played for the humor, and it doesn't work for me at all. Nope. I agree. Um, you know, the, the, the humor that you see with Jackson and uh, Vala uh, is certainly a hypersexualized humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it certainly is uh, heteronormative. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have two characters who are hetero. So, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, okay, that's fine. If that didn't, you know, it's like, okay. If that's where we're going, that's where we're going. You know, they 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 had a lot of innuendo. Um, they didn't, in my opinion, push it uh, beyond um, a, a a place. Whatever you know, it it doesn't end up in the the hypersexualized. Hey, let's see boobies uh, right. of the first episode. Um, right, 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 right. You know, yeah. uh, and and while you know she's wearing that form fitting black outfit, you know, it's not. I didn't think that they were like trying to show her off. Um, I'll be interested to see what other people have to say. Yeah, I think they were, but it was in a far more explainable situation than the pilot, right? The pilot was just gratuitous for, you know, they they were showing skin for showing skin's sake. There was nothing about the plot that actually got advanced with dropping the clothes in the pilot um, that she is a like a cat burglar <laughs> like right like in in a uh in a super soldier suit you know what i mean like you know when jackson goes out wearing the armor he has to basically have like you know wear nothing but the armor like you know what i mean like it, right. it was it, it was sensible and then it had the added benefit of here's this vixen character let's just let her strut around with this cat suit on and you know I don't have a problem with it, as I said before, but it was like, whoa, this is not this is not the SG one that I'm I'm used to. Right. I mean, so it was forfeiting, but it wasn't it also wasn't the uh, the midriff showing. No, uh, let's hypersexualize our Tokra. type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Sexy Tokra. Um, So. Right. You know, there you go. Um, And I I really appreciated, as you mentioned, I think uh, the the chemistry between uh, Jackson and Vala and and frankly, also the chemistry that you see with Shanks and Black, right? Uh, on on screen, um, it it works. It's fun. Uh, I like their banter. Um, you know, <laughs> you're a fruitcake. Yeah. Wham. Yeah. You know the good. the the uh, I'm 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 going to fight you and you know beat you up and then give you a kiss. I mean, there there's there's. There are issues of abuse that 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 yeah. implies, but I I, I don't I don't know what to do with that. So, uh, you know, if I could if I can get like all dad mode here for a second, uh, friends, if you're finding yourself in a relationship where that is the norm, that's not good. That's that's running a little too hot and cold. Take it for a grain of salt. Maybe you could disagree with me. I think that's just a little bit too much for 2005 television. Um, if you wanted to show somebody with a lot of intensity, like 
this was this was lining up. This was an alignment. Um, you know, this is this should not be a real life aspiration. This is a this is a uh, heroic tale involving heroes where weirdly, strangely good things happen to them all the time. So, you know, have fun, have a character that's just over the top and enjoy what's going on. There you go. Um, what he said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, overall, I, I had fun with this episode. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think that Damien Kindler is maturing as a writer. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, this was, a, I, I still think this is a little bit A than B than C, but I can see what you're saying. Sure. Um, I, I won't, I won't deny that. And, but, um, earlier on, you had A, then B, then C, and you're like, well, why is it A and then B and then C? And it says, well, that's because that's what the script says. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and this is A, then B, then C, and why is it then B, then C? Well, because after A comes B. Yes, because it And makes then sense. after B goes C. Yeah. Um, and, and so there were story reasons why it moves in this direction. Right. Um. And, and and I find that to be um, better than than why is this happening? Well, because the script says so. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. I think that's what I have to say. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that like this episode really kind of brings to the fore. Um, not really. I mean, no, this is supposed to be a fun one. We were supposed to be laughing and smiling the entire time. Right. And. and- and it does that for the most yeah, part. Yeah, I, I, I will admit that at first I was not laughing and smiling, but that was because I just, I just didn't expect, I just didn't expect what I was getting. But now that I have, and then later it was very enjoyable because I was, I was in the zone, and right. now even talking about it, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm recalling it with more fondness than I was originally watching it with, which is why yeah. I kind of started off with like. I don't know what to think about this. <laughs> this is one of the the challenges of a show like Stargate, mm-hmm. um, because Stargate is it's a sci fi show that um, does overall a pretty good job of mixing comedic episodes with heavy sci fi episodes, yeah, with action episodes, and and this it 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 dabbles in all of these different varieties of science fiction, yeah. Um, and it does it um, pretty good with all of them, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're never quite sure what you're going to get when you start an episode. And yeah. so there's the challenge in this, and I'm noticing it this time uh, re-watching this series with you, is that uh, it, if, if you didn't intuit in the first three minutes what kind of episode it's going to be, which is not always easy, and it's right. really hard to create that um, from a writing perspective. Sure. Um, it, it, it can take a little time to get into the type of episode that they're trying to be. Mm-hmm. And that, that can give you a hiccup as, as a, as a viewer, a hiccup. Yeah. Then you got to drink water from the far side of the glass. That's right. <laughs> That's going to be some great audio. I bet you, we just made, I bet you, we made like five different people just throw their devices, like clean out the window. Well, I mean, that's their choice. <laughs> I mean, they've already thrown their device, so they don't hear this, no, but it's they're, still they're, their they've, choice. They've stopped. They've just stopped listening. They're now texting their friends. 
I made a mistake. Do not listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, they're not because they threw their device. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, they, no, they're going to the store to get another one. Then maybe in like a day they'll they'll text their friends. That, there, that you that there you go. There you go. All right. So Brent. Yeah. I think it's that time. Yep. I think so. Um, how many chevrons will you give Prometheus Unbound today? Oh boy. All right. So I didn't know what to think. So after I got w- uh, done watching it, I just didn't know where I was with it. Um, I was just kind of a little all over the place. But on reflection and on the conversation, I am very much enjoying it way more than I did. But my kind of my rule, my 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 sort of rule is that I give the, I gives it as I I gives it as I felt it at the time. Yeah, I violated but you, that rule. You also you you massage that rule. I sure do. So um, I'm gonna give it. Hmm, I think I'm going to give it a five. I'll give it a five out of seven. Um, on reflection, I think I liked it more than a five. But at the time, I was generally positive, but definitely like, I don't know where I am with this thing. So it was definitely more in the middle, the positive middle. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm feeling much better about it. I'm, I am excited to see the character of Vala again. That's, that's good news. Um, yeah. I hope that some of the, I, I really hope that that, Big grin, which I knew was a mis- not a mistake, but you know what I mean. Like it wasn't it wasn't planned. I hope that that attitude is something that they kind of keep pushing. That was fun. Um, we'll see. But uh, I had I I liked it. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with the Prometheus. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens when SG One and Atlantis connect once again via the Prometheus. That's good. I I'm excited for this. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, looking forward to it. So five out of seven for me. What about you? Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about this, what what to do uh, with this episode. Um, and, and I like it a lot. And I was thinking, uh, do I give it a six? Do I give right. it a seven? It's not sure. a seven. Um, but it's really, really close. I thought maybe a six and a half. And then I was thinking about it. And I'm like, no, because that, that, that homophobic scene with the mouth, oh, yeah. the mouth just... Just, just grinds your gears. So that drops it fully a half a chevron. Oh, okay. Yep. So yep. so with all of that, um, I really enjoy this episode. I really like it. I think it's pretty strong. There is that spot that just drives me up a wall, but I'll give it a six. There you go. So I, I you landed on five. I land on a six. Yep. All right. Uh, I believe then this means it's time to turn to the Facebooks yes. and the Discords yes. and the things. Yes. And all of these are true. We start with Rowan. Hi, Rowan. Uh, military dad is here to take Daniel on the road trip of his dreams. That's uh-huh. right, folks. We're <laughs> going to Atlantis. Yeah. Woo. Joining the team are Walter and the delightful Lindsay Novak. Isn't she great, folks? But they aren't even clear of the Milky Way galaxy when the Prometheus is hijacked by dashing space pirate Vala. Yep. Daniel Jackson, you lucky so-and-so. Claudia Black <laughs> is welcome to crush on me with her thighs anytime she I wants. know. <laughs> that was still in the zone of like, what are they doing? But again, hindsight 2020, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, and and I guess some other things also happen in this episode, but none of that matters because <laughs> Claudia Black. <laughs> nice. All right. So Brent will find this to be a rollicking good time, and we'll give it a six. Zach Both. will give it a seven because we already oh, know so how close. he feels about Vala. 
This episode has an IMDb rating of 8.4, which is a 5.5 chevrons. Yeah. uh, Putting it in the top 25% of Stargate episodes overall. Yep. Okay. There you go. Um, Next, we have JD. Hi, JD. JD says, all the chevrons, every single one. (laughs) Uh, There have been a lot of chevrons over the years now. Yeah. Well, this is all of them. My own, so. she, uh, yeah, JD continues. Uh, my own Claudia Black related thoughts and feelings aside, this is a fantastic episode. Daniel and Vala's chemistry is fantastic. The chess match of them constantly one-upping and outsmarting one another is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And best of all, Han Solo makes an appearance. Yes. Will there be any deep discussions this week? No. Does that matter at all? Also, no. This is pure popcorn and I'm here for it. It was I a have good a suspicion yeah. Zach will be the same, using some subtle clues as to his cat's name. Hopefully, Brent is still liking his new job and will be all in. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am still uh, liking my new job. Thank you. Uh, he predicts sevens all around. Yeah, pretty close. Close. Uh, and then we have Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Kevin says, hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. This week, we get to take a fun ride to Atlantis with everyone's favorite general, General Hammond. Woo-hoo. I have feelings about this episode, but mm-hmm. I don't want to upset everyone else quite yet. Yes, mm-hmm. like Brent, I have accepted that sometimes my feelings about the episodes are going to upset others, even though I'm right. <laughs> but before everyone yells at me, I wrote some notes. Uh huh. Okay. Number one. Apparently, this is the first episode to not feature Christopher Judge and also the first episode to not feature Amanda Tapping. Mm-hmm. Yep. Number two, General Hammond is back. Number three, a good chair really can make all the difference. Yes. That's true. Yes. Number four, I swear that scene with Daniel and Novak in the elevator, the arms on Michael Shanks look thicker than her head. <laughs> I mean, it's all that gate travel. We just talked yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. Number five. Is that a new version of the Guawuld healing device? Right. Maybe it's the travel size version. Yeah. Because it sure sounds like the same, and it seems to work even faster. Yep. Number six, Tactical Hammond is my favorite version of Hammond. Also, Tactical Hammond sounds like something I could find next to Malibu Barbie. (laughs) Uh, Number seven, according to the symbol on the Alkesh, it used to belong to Ball. Perhaps it belonged to his fragile ants? Could be. Could that's be. Why, that's why it was all in pieces. All right. Now, now for the upsetting part. Mm-hmm. I don't like the character of Vala, even uh-huh. a little bit. I think oh, Claudia Black does a great job acting, but I just don't find anything redeeming or endearing about the character. In fact, I would say she is up there in my top five least favorite Stargate characters. Really? And although I know this will upset a lot of people, I'm going to be the defiant one and say that I think she's garbage. Oh, boy. (laughs) Wow. Garbo. Garbo. No, the word is complete garbo. Complete garbo. That's a reference to a very old. (laughs) So old. So by the way, if if you want, you are welcome. Please do uh, put reviews on iTunes and on Google Play and all the places because whatever it's good. Yeah, you do you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Kevin continues. Her character is a two. The episode Uh overall, I give a five only Uh because of Hammond and Walter. And I think you'll give a combined score of 13. Uh, 
Seven from Zach and six from Brent. Very close. No, we gave it a combined score of 12. 11. Oh, you gave it a six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Close. All right. Very close. Um, and then and then JD posts a, a gif of somebody uh, like being harmed in the heart. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> um, so and then we have Sean who says Chevron's eight oh, all round. Have Hammond is back. Vala has arrived. Will she be back? Question mark. We will find out. I know. I already know. In a way, she'll, she'll be back. We know. Yep. We already know that. Yep. Um, okay, those are our Facebooks. All right. Shall we go over to the Discords? Please. All right. We've got Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. And it's the episode where Brent gets to meet Zach's cat's namesake, Vala. Woohoo! This, Vala, this is Brent. Brent, this is Vala. Is there a new love interest for Daniel on the horizon, or are we fishing a bit in the angry romance trope before this one-off character will never be seen again? Hmm. At least she left quite the memorable impression on Daniel and, may- and many viewers. On a personal side note, and likely a highly unpopular opinion, I have never watched Farscape, neither have I, and I have also never fully grasped the appeal of her character as much as a fandom did. Hmm, okay. With- to be fair, I've only seen the first couple of seasons of Farscape a couple of times, and I just had a hard time getting past that, um, mostly because I, I got busy. And, you got reasons. And, and, and it, yeah. You don't just, need to explain. Yeah. It's there fine. You go. Yep. All right. Jen continues. With Gemini focusing on Sam, Prometheus Unbound is a typical Daniel centered episode, which explains his absence from last week's episode, as both timelines likely took place simultaneously. I loved that Hammond made a reappearance. I really missed him. He is our beloved grandfatherly figure. Also, why the hell is Walter Harriman on the Prometheus? Has he finally had enough of being General O'Neill's personal assistant? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I'm taking Walter with me, and Walter's in the back going, thank God! (laughs) I I, I would like to point out, though, that there is no reason other than because the writers wanted to... Of course. ...for for Harriman to go with him. Of course. Oh, yeah. It It was fun. I'm glad it happened. Yeah, me too. I'm glad it happened. Instead of enhancing the episode, the comedic elements felt almost a bit too forced, and yet not enough to drift completely into ridicule. The episode kind of couldn't decide what it wanted to be in the end. Yeah, okay. I'm really not the biggest fan of this one, to be honest. Four out of seven for me. Aha, okay. Zach, on the other hand, will love this one. I mean, he named his cat Vala. It's easily at least a 6.5 out of seven. Wow, very close. Very close. Brent is a wild card on this one, though. He could be as grumpy as me. But I much rather believe that he will be really delighted with Hammond, Harriman, and especially Vala. And he'll be influenced by Zach's enjoyment. So he's a six out of seven for Brent. Very close. Very, very close. Thank you, Jen. Yeah. And then we have a person who I don't know. Oh, Oh, good. At the tail end, this person, I'll just go with they. They say that that their handle is pronounced Mick Jetson. Okay. So we got Mick Jetson. Mick Jetson. No, Jestin. I screwed it up. Mick Jestin. McJustin. McJustin. Hello, McJustin. Personally, I think this is the McJustin's for whatever. Hi, McJustin. Personally, I'm not the biggest fan of the Vala character. I do remember enjoying this one when I first saw it on TV, though. I was a Farscape fan and liked her character there. 14-year-old me would have given this a six. Mm -hmm. Mm. Now I'm probably a four. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll guess that Zach gives it a six and Brent Mm -hmm. gives it 
a five. <gasps> no, you just did. You got it. Good job. Good well job. done. Awesome. On your okay. First prediction, McJesse. I know. At least I don't recognize the name. So, like, you know, good on you. All right. Thus endeth. Not enteth. Endeth. <laughs> the prediction. Enteth. I, I, so I was typing. All right. Back over All right. to you. All right. So we do have a couple of emails. The first uh-huh. is from uh, Jacob. Hi, Jacob. Uh, Jacob is from Germany. Uh, that makes some of this more, makes more sense. Okay. Uh, he starts, uh, hello, Zach. Hello, Brent. Finally, we reached this episode. And how fitting the German title is Vala. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is indeed what the episode is about. And no wonder Zach's pet is called Vala. She's a delight. Mm-hmm. Well, the actor, not the cat. Well, the cat maybe the too. Cat, the cat, The cat is a delight. I can attest to this. She's a wonderful cat. I love her. Nevertheless, though, I hope Zach's cat doesn't play around with a fire extinguisher. No. No, no. Wow. But, but she does have claws. <laughs> and, and, and she most is of her, a cat. And she yes. is a cat. She, most of her violence is directed towards Julie and not me. I don't know. I'm taking this off course. I don't know if you've had this happen, Zach. We've, you and me, we've never, ever, ever talked about this. I have noticed this weird penchant that cats seem to have every cat i've owned seems to have of when you're lying down on the couch and i don't know like reading a magazine or flipping on your ipad or whatever and the cat decides to walk on you Uh uh-huh the cat decides to walk directly on parts that shouldn't be walked on yes every single time (laughs) yes and or i'll be laying there and and you know i'm kind of like you know we've got a chez couch couch and 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 so my feet are up and I'm kind of leaning back a little bit, and and she jumps up onto my lap, and she jumps. Whoop, and you're like, yeah, Ugh! yeah. And then she's like, okay, gotta get comfy, gotta get comfy. And then she's like, you know, she doesn't just yeah. like later. She 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 falls, she flops, she just boom. Uh, and you're like, Gah! yeah, yeah. So it's basically a fire extinguisher. <laughs> and and Vala, my cat Vala, is is not. She's not huge. She's not Maine Coon sized cat. Right. Um, and she's not as big now as she once was, and she's not as big as her brother was. Yep. He was a really big cat. Um, incidentally, I named him Hilo after the yeah. character from Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. But anyway, um, but she's still a pretty big cat, and when she falls, you notice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sully right. was a pretty big cat. My, my part Maine Coon. Yep, that's true. That's Same true. problem. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but you had him declawed, so... Yeah, yeah, but still, it doesn't matter. I suppose it's, when it's, he when he flops, it doesn't matter. There's that, and there's also the pounds per square inch problem with their yeah. paws. Oh, mm-hmm. that's true. That's yep. true. Yep. 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 All right. Um. So Jacob continues. Yeah. Uh. But wait, after Colonel Vasilov, Soren, Colson, and now Vala, I wonder if there are more episodes waiting for us this season entitled with only a first name in the German language. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. That's for sure. Jacob probably does know. Yes, I'm sure. Anyway, fun fact, they did it also in the past with the episode around Cassandra and the maybe pregnant woman O'Neill was stuck with. Uh, You missed unveiling these awesome titles back in the day. And indeed, Brent, they called them Cassandra and O'Neill and Lyra. Oh, there (laughs) you go. There you go. There's there's your single name once. There you go. Uh, So... I think Zach will give Vala an eight because of her, and Brent also likes it. 
because he enjoyed watching it and could get a few laughs out of it. A seven for Brent. He will love the episode too. Not quite, but Not yes. Quite. Yep. I can see what you're uh, going. Yeah. See you next time, he says. Bye-bye. Well, bye-bye. Uh, and then finally, we have David. Hi, David. David has a very attractive Chevron encoding bias. Uh-huh. Offer. Uh-huh. That, that punches you in the face? Poof. Does it kiss it to make it feel better? Yeah. <laughs> First off, a headcanon thought. Gemini and Prometheus Unbound take place at more or less the same time. Carter and Tilk leave for the Alpha site and do their thing, and the next day Daniel takes off on the Prometheus for his Unbound adventure. Mm-hmm. That's why they were not in each other's respective episodes. It works, and it's now official. 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 Well, David has declared it so. Let it be written. Let All it right. be done. So we have the good stuff. We've got Hammond back, the Prometheus, space battles, danger, humor, continuity with the previous episode, uh-huh. new characters, and Michael Shanks as Hans Olo and Claudia Black as Vala. What's mm-hmm. not to like about this? Yeah. The not as good stuff. The second deep space mission of the Prometheus also ended badly. Mm. Yeah. The meta plot is barely advanced and Vala escaped yeah. never to be seen again, maybe. Right. Okay. All right. Brent, six chevrons because it was a fun little diversion and it sort of, sort of addressed some stuff from Gemini. Nice. Zach, close. seven chevrons also because close. of his cat. Yep. Close, so, but not quite. I, I will say... Uh, dear listeners, uh, and I appreciate all of you bumping up my ratings by at least one because I named my cat after this character. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, you now know that I, while I do enjoy this episode and, and such, and I love my cat, uh, and I wouldn't have named my cat after this character if I didn't have, you know, good feelings overall about this, this character, I did not give this episode a plus one bonus. No, no, alas, but that's all right. All right. Anyway, so that is the, uh, those are the emails. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, Brent. Yeah. Next week, we return to the Pegasus Galaxy. Mm-hmm. To the Stargate Atlantis. Yeah. And the episode is entitled The Defiant One. Okay. And I ask you, what is The Defiant One about? Uh, The Defiant One. Okay. Um. Next time on Stargate Atlantis, our Atlantis friends are traveling once again to find more supplies and more power cells, and they still haven't gotten themselves out of the pickle that they seem to be unable to control the space that they're the place that they're in, without resorting to extreme situations like pulling out lightning rods and things. So off they go in their puddle jumpers, respectively, the many puddle jumpers, and they are traveling far and wide. Now, one particular adventuresome crew that happens to be our Atlantis friends themselves are in Puddle Jumper 2. Why not? And they're traveling along and they see off in the distance, they, their scanners pick up a spaceship. Oh no! Raise the shields! Charge the weapons! We don't know if it's going to be one of those little stingy things that the Wraith has. It's a small ship. They get closer and closer. No, it is not a stingy, mosquitoy thing but rather quite a different shaped ship. It's round like a saucer, sort of, and has little bump outs on the side and a little nose, a cute little nose. And as they approach it, it is unlike anything they have ever seen. So they decide to hail the ship. No response. They hail it a second time. No response. 
Finally, they decide to board the ship. <gasps> they discover, miraculously, through the miracle of television editing, that their ships are actually compatible in creating some kind of a seal such that they could board it. So they do. And they start to walk through the ship and they see hallways and they see other hallways that look a lot like the first hallways and they finally come to the bridge. Clearly it's the bridge is at the front of the ship and on it they see the desiccated remains of individuals. Oh, oh my! No. The ship has been derelict for quite some time. How sad. And as they are going through it, they, they discover little pieces of little clues, and, but they finally see something that actually tells them what they're looking at. They see a plaque on the wall and it says... U.S.S. Defiant! <gasps> yes! We have had a major break in continuity. We see we have universes colliding such that the Defiant, which clearly is in a place that is safe and lovely, and I won't say anything in case you haven't seen the most recent episodes of Star Trek-y stuff. Uh, but that's not where this is. This is out in the middle of the Pegasus galaxy. What? what? What kind of mystery could this be? How could the franchises be jumped and the timelines? What is going on? It's a mystery, but they have to solve it because this is the Defiant One. Join us next time on Stargate's Atlantis, where Brent has clearly run out of ideas and he's watched far too much Star Trek Picard for anyone's liking. And oh, the, I don't know. I liked it a lot. I, I did like it a lot, too. Uh, uh, suddenly, I turned Australian. Uh, do, let's stop here. Uh, watch Stargate to the Defiant One. So I have to put my glasses on here so that I uh -huh. can push it up onto my nose and say, well, actually, actually, the Defiance bridge is not in the front of the ship. It's actually on the top of the oh, ship. Oh, it was on the top, yeah. Come yeah, on. Right. You, I'm going to need to take your nerd card because that's just unacceptable. So how many times have you seen DS9? I've seen the entire series at least many times. Yes. I've seen it once. I've seen the whole thing once. I forgot where the bridge was. Anyway, is this about the Defiant? Uh, it, it is about a Defiant one, or, or precisely the Defiant one. Yeah, there's only one uh, Defiant. But... Well, actually, to be fair, there are there's, two ships named the Defiant. Yeah, there's actually actually several. actually there are several. Yes. <laughs> details, details, details. Shall we watch the promo <laughs> to find out what actually this episode's about? Yes, let's let's go. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> uh, okay, I am. Are you ready? Yes. I'm hitting play now. Next time on Stargate Atlantis. It's a crystalline entity. While investigating an ancient weapons platform, the <gasps> team receives an unexpected message. Distress call. A wraith. Distress call. Uh-oh. Oh, uh -oh. my. It's too small to be a high ship. Whatever it is, it took a hell of a hit. I'm telling you, I saw something. Put that thing away, you're gonna kill someone. I knew what I saw! Oh my god. Oh dear. Uh -oh. oh my. Oh, oh no. Oh. That's gonna hurt. What's that? I don't know. But I don't have the ordinance I should have. It takes a lot to kill these guys. I'll take any edge I can get. If we play the waiting game, the guy who's been around for 10,000 years is gonna win. Major, anyone or anything capable of surviving that long is gonna be a serious adversary. It's all next time on Stargate Atlantis. Oh no. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, oh my! <laughs> oh no! Okay.
kind of excited to see that one. That looks well, there fun. There you go. Yeah. The uh there is a wraith on an empty planet. Yes. That's With been the there for like years. ship type of thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's there's a little crossover. Yeah, sort of. I don't think it's actually a crystalline entity. It's not, but it reminded me of it. Yeah, sure, fair enough. Anyway, uh, so we, next week, we'll talk about Stargate Atlantis' episode, The Defiant One. Mm-hmm. And it'll be fun. Uh, thanks very much for listening to our podcast today. If yeah. you have any questions or comments or thoughts, if there's something that we missed, if there's something that uh, you need to correct, because, you know, that's what you got to do, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate@gmail.com. Yes. You can, of course, go to the Facebooks or the Discords yep. and have conversations with us there. Go to the website if you want, wtts.space. Space! And with all that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.